raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The information contained on this platform represents the opinion of the host and shall not be understood, construed as, or a substitute for medical or health advice. Please see a health professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. It's the Black Health 365 podcast, and we are here to make sure you look good on the outside and even better on the inside. After all, looking good, feeling good, and living a healthy lifestyle 365 days of the year should be a daily choice. Here at the Black Health 365 podcast, we will address the healthcare disparities within the Black community with trusted voices and information to empower a healthy lifestyle. Ain't that right, Britt? I'm talking about mind, body, and soul. Welcome, 365ers, to another episode of the Black Health 365 podcast. I am nutrition coach and personal trainer Jackie Page, along with... What's good, 365ers? My name is Britt Daniels, your fit life coach and yogi, your co-host of Black Health 365. And as y'all know, it is our mission to be champions of truth and change. By providing y'all with personalized healthcare information and resources from trusted professionals, we're here to empower the Black community to make healthier choices all year long. Jackie, you know we got to get into it. Check in. What's happening with you? I is it bad for me to say like I really don't feel like I have anything to say? Like I'm okay. I'm good. I'm okay. Like I'm okay. That's I'm, good. I, I call that moving in peace and maintaining. You know, and I think sometimes we need to be okay with just being okay. And sometimes no news is good news. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm okay. So I don't really have like a huge like, oh, I jumped over the moon today. Like, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm chilling today. How are you doing, Britt? Have your allergies gotten better? I know you've been on a struggle bus the last few weeks. They're slightly better. You know, um, I'm, I'm a little less very whitish. So um, but I still got a little Southern twang in me. So <laughs> not going to hold you. I know the girls was loving a very whitish. So, you know, as much as I know you didn't like the allergies, if they decide to come back, the girls, the 365ers, I know they the girls. I know they absolutely love it. So I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, maybe from a exact opposite spectrum from you, um, I'm in a big place of momentum right now, getting back from my spiritual sabbatical in Japan, uh, running my three businesses, just setting up a lot of different curated experiences here in the D.C. community, a lot of wellness experiences, uh, working with a lot of healers from Reiki to Soundbow to people who do Tai Chi and putting some cool things together. Just set up some contracts with black churches in the D.C. community where we're bringing health resources to black men who struggle with hypertension, diabetes and heart issues. So um, I'm, in, I'm in go mode right now. With that being said, some of that can feel overwhelming, but um, I'm, I'm young and I'm ready to get after it, um, which kind of. It does lead into what we're talking about today. We are talking about um, 
high blood pressure, stroke, and dementia in Black men. So I think it's really um, interesting that you said, you know, that's something that you're working on. And that's something we're going to be talking about today because, um, you know, May is High Blood Pressure Awareness Month. And one of the things that we like to do here on the Black Health 365 podcast, as Britt said earlier, is make to make sure that we're champions of change in our community. Um, and one of the biggest ways to do that is, you know, opening up the floor to have the conversation. So that is exactly what we are going to do today. And Britt, I'm going to steal this from you. So please don't be mad at me. But before we dive into today's conversation, you know, we have to get into our Dharma talk. So go ahead and lay it on us. Yeah, for sure. And 365ers, just a reminder, these Dharma talks come from the Eastern tradition of basically giving a small sermon to set the tone for the conversation. Jackie, like you mentioned, this is uh, Hypertension Awareness Month. Um, and so, uh, you know, hypertension and a lot of uh, health disparities are a part of the black community, definitely a part of my family. Um, and, you know, most of my life, I had no concept of health, physical or mental. I'm from Albany, Georgia, birthplace of Ray Charles, real country. I eat fried chicken and Kool-Aid. I ain't gonna hold you for most of my early childhood. <laughs> and so um, that's kind of the Dharma talk today is that you need to set a foundation when you're young so that you have a house that you can stand 10 toes down in when you get older. Um, we often take our health for granted when we're young. We don't like to think about long-term consequences of our life choices. And we may prioritize social engagements over exercise, eating unhealthy, engaging in all types of behaviors that just aren't conducive to our well-being sustainably. So it's important that we make choices now that are profound to have um, impacts on our health later because chronic health conditions such as heart disease, diabetes, cancer, hypertension, uh, we can alleviate a lot of these issues on the jump. From the beginning, when we live healthy, um, we make healthy life choices, eat right, balanced diet, uh, stay away from harmful substances to, like tobacco and overly using alcohol, um, things I wish I knew. You know, I knew it in my twenties, early twenties, but I should have should have listened to um, counsel better. <laughs> but uh, taking care of our health now is, is important to prevent these things, right? And so um, it's going to be better for our energy levels, our mental clarity, and emotional well being. Absolutely right, Britt. Um... Men are the only people, you're not the only person that's dealing with it. Hypertension, like you said earlier, does affect the black community, but it seems to be affecting um, our black men a lot worse than our women, um, which is part of the reason, you know, we wanted to sit down and have this conversation today. Um, so um, we all know that, you know, I'm not about to get these stats and I'm not about to, you know, break it all down. Um, but I do have a phenomenal doctor. Really excited to talk to him, Dr. Richard T. Benson. Uh, Dr. Benson is the director of the Office of Global Health and Health Disparities at the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke, part of the U.S. National Institute of Health. He is the leader uh, in fields of vascular neurology and health disparities research. Uh, Dr. Benson, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, uh, Jackie and Britt, for having me here today. Um, I'm really excited, and I feel like I've heard a sermon already with their Dharma talk. I thought that that was excellent. So I'm excited and ready to have the conversation. And we're excited to talk to you. Um, this is a big month. Um, it is uh, High Blood Pressure Education Month. Um, in the Black community, it is something that we deal with a lot more than other races. So it is a topic that needs to be brought to the table. We do need to talk about it. And that's exactly what we want to do today. So um, just want to reiterate, you know, thank you for just taking some time to talk and, 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 and drop some gems and some jewels on the 365ers because 
let me tell you, we and the 365ers need it because we got to we got to make some change in our community. Yes, yes, that that's that's right. Uh, May is Hypertension Awareness Month. It's also Stroke Awareness Month. Uh, and we know that that both of these are disparities that disproportionately impact people of color, particularly uh, African-Americans uh, and Hispanics. Yeah. To start the conversation off, um, as you said, it's an awareness month. You know, what is the Mind Your Risk campaign? Could you speak on that? Yes. Uh, thank you. The Mind Your Risk campaign is a really exciting and novel public health campaign um, that has been created by the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. And it's focused on uh, the group in the United States at highest risk of uncontrolled hypertension, and that's um, African-American men. There was a study called the SPRINT uh, study, and there was a sub uh, portion of the study called the SPRINT MIND study that focused specifically on neurological outcomes. And this particular study looked at um, having uh, control of blood pressure to a level less than 140 over 90 versus what they call tight control of the blood pressure to 120 over 80. And they found that people that had that tighter control of blood pressure had less cardiovascular outcomes, such as uh, stroke, cardiovascular disease, as well as cognitive impairment. In fact, they found that people who had uncontrolled hypertension in midlife, that they had a higher um, chance of developing uh, cognitive impairment later in life. And so what we did at the uh, NINDS, which is uh, the short uh, for uh, the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke, we created a campaign geared specifically to African-American men to address this issue of uncontrolled hypertension. One in every three adult Americans has uncontrolled hypertension. Uh, African-Americans have the highest rate of, of uncontrolled hypertension. Uh, and so we like to focus on that. And among African-Americans, um, African-American men uh, have the highest rate of uncontrolled because as you know, uh, Brett and Jackie, um, that it's hard to get black men to go to their doctor and to take the medication because of side effects and eat the right food and all of those kinds of things. And so this public health campaign actually um, was created with um, what we call the demographic population of, of African-American men from 28 to 45. And that's those who are midlife um, because people at that age, you have sort of the longest period of time of, of going with uncontrolled hypertension. So by the time you're 40 or 50, you've developed all of this damage to the um, arteries and blood vessels in the, in the brain and throughout your body. And you're at highest risk for developing these negative outcomes like stroke, um, heart attack and dementia. And so we wanted to catch people early and get them to try to get these risk factors under control. So we uh, developed messaging for uh, African-American men that would get them to want to change their behavior and be more active. And so that's what the Mind Your Risk campaign is. Uh, we have a, a website, uh, www.mindyourrisks.nih.gov. Uh, if you uh, go to that website, we've created this great uh, motivational video we have uh, information in terms of what people can do to modify their risk. 
and also assess their risk and have a discussion with their medical doctors. And so we'll get into that a little bit more. So I'll stop right there. That was Doc a great. Yeah. Um, Dr. Benson, what does the current science say about the link between high blood pressure, stroke and dementia? Um, you know, you kind of mentioned that there is a link between the three of those that I don't think a lot of people are aware of. Um, so what is science saying about that? Can we get like an elementary understanding of what hypertension is? Um, you know, we call it the silent killer. Uh, we know that we go to our doctor and they give us two numbers. Um, what is hypertension? No, it's a great, both great questions. So um, hypertension or high blood pressure uh, is when your blood pressure is elevated above um, the normal range of, of uh, 120 over 80. Um, one, uh, 29 to 89 is considered um, an elevated blood pressure. And if it's above 130 over 90, then that's stage one hypertension. And then you go into stage two hypertension at the higher levels. So your blood pressure, your heart is, a, um, is an organ that contracts uh, and it relaxes and it pumps blood throughout your whole body, through your arteries and your veins. So it's a closed system. So it's like if you imagine um, a, uh, a house um, that has a set of plumbing and there was a pump that was pushing uh, water throughout this whole house or, or, or a steam engine to keep it active. So when the heart contracts, that, re that forces, heart, forces blood out of the heart into the arterial system, and that increases the pressure inside of those vessels. And uh, the highest pressure that's created is, is that top number, and that's the systolic number. And that should be less than 120. And then when the heart is relaxing, uh, there's less force that's created in the arterial system, and the pressure is lower and that's the bottom number, and that's the diastolic blood pressure, and that should be less than 80. Now, if when the heart is contracting, if the vessels are really stiff because of arthrosclerosis, um, then, uh, or uh, there are other things in the arteries that cause them to uh, increase the pressure in the arterial system, that pressure can go as high as 210, and that's really high. I've seen people have strokes at that level or even you know, 160 can be high. And when the heart is relaxing, if that blood pressure in the system is still staying, you know, above 80, I've seen it up to 110, 120, that lower number, that's dangerously high. And those pressures within your arterial system, it can lead to uh, bursting of those blood vessels, which is a hemorrhage, causes a hemorrhage in the brain, or it can lead to blockage of the blood vessels, and that leads to what we call an ischemic stroke uh, in that area of the brain. So that's what uh, the, your blood pressure is, is uh, the pressure in your arterial system when the heart is contracting or relaxing. And if it's elevated above 120 over 80, then uh, you have um, on three separate readings, then you have the diagnosis of, of hypertension. Um, and so the connection between those is that if you have a high blood pressure uh, in your system over a long period of time, as I mentioned, if it's really high, um, then you can develop a stroke. You can have hemorrhage in the brain or a, an ischemic stroke, um, and that creates damage. Um, it can also um, lead to uh, other changes besides the strokes where you get these nonspecific uh, changes that we see on MRI. It's, it's, uh, we have something in the brain called the ventricular system or these spaces 
And on the MRI, we see white matter changes um, that show up as being white and fluffy on the MRI. Seeing a lot of those white matter changes over time, uh, it's associated with people that have memory loss and dementia. And so we found that there's this connection between this long-term uh, development of this white matter uh, abnormalities in the brain, uh, the development of dementia, as well as stroke and heart attack, as I mentioned as well. And so that's sort of the connection. The other significant thing with this, we've known for a longer period of time that we can modify our risk of uh, stroke and heart attack. Um, we know that the risk factors, we have certain things that are non-modifiable, like your age uh, above the age of 65, your risk of stroke will uh, go up at least 1% every year. So it does, uh, although it happens in younger people, as you get older, your risk of stroke is higher. We know that uh, gender men tend to have more strokes, um, but women tend to live longer. So you have more women surviving in society with strokes. So gender is important. Uh, we know that uh, stroke is two times more common in African-Americans compared to whites, and it's 1.5 times more common in Hispanics compared to whites. So your race and ethnicity is a factor. Um, so your age, your gender, your race, and your ethnicity all of those things are what we call non-modifiable risk factors, meaning that you can't change them for a stroke uh, or heart attack. Um, but the modifiable risk factors, the number one modifiable risk factor for that is, is high, high blood pressure or uncontrolled hypertension. And so when you think in terms of dementia, historically, um, we know that there are certain genetic factors and other things that we don't understand in terms of why people develop dementia, and we can hopefully get into defining what dementia is. But um, dementia, this high blood pressure is sort of the first modifiable risk factor that we have for developing dementia. And so that's why this connection is so important in terms of high blood pressure, which is a, a vascular risk factor, is connection to stroke, uh, cardiovascular disease, and dementia. This is the first sort of modifiable risk factor that we have for um, dementia. So I'll stop there and hopefully we'll get into what is dementia a little bit more. Raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the play play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the grandma McFlurry today. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So that actually is a question that I want to ask in um, complete transparency, um, and I'm going to try not to get emotional, but my grandmother has been dealing with dementia. Um, so, you know, the fact that you brought this up and the fact that we can actually talk about this is something that is hitting very close to home for me right now. Um, so what exactly is, you know, dementia? Because it's something, like I said, it, it, it's hitting, it hits way too close to home right now. Same, Jackie. My grandmother... Um... She suffered from dementia before she passed away. And I just remember my earliest memories were her taking care of me, being this very articulate and intentional and considerate um, Southern Black woman um, to 
her not knowing who I was and it just it broke my mom apart. And so um, this definitely touches home for me, too. Um, and I just want to get a little bit of a bigger understanding of it, too, doctor. So I'm, I'm excited to hear. Well, thank you, Jackie and Britt, both of you for disclosing this, because I, I we're all family. We are part, part of the urban one family. And so we're here having this discussion and we need to have these discussions more often and have people disclose these types of things. And so I thank you for mentioning this, because I'm sure this will help a lot of people in the audience um, because it is common and it is something that also disproportionately impacts um, Blacks in this country. About 30% of the people with uh, dementia in the United States actually are African-American. And you know, we only make up about 15, 14, 15% of the population. So that that's a lot of people. So dementia is actually a general term. There's different forms of dementia. Uh, and it's just uh, dementia is when you have memory lost uh, in association with a loss of some other what we call higher brain function, such as your ability to reason, your ability to judge things, um, such as we, we often ask the question, if you were walking down the street and you saw uh, a letter on the ground with a stamp on it that was addressed, what would you do with it? You know, the common answer is to pick it up and put it in a mailbox or put it, take it to the post office. Um, and so that's a question of judgment. And so with dementia, you sort of lose your, your judgment. So it's memory loss in addition to loss of another domain of brain function. And so that, that's what dementia is. And so there's different types of dementia. Alzheimer's disease is one specific type of dementia where you get certain pathologic findings that take place. And when I say pathologic findings, um, that's something that's done post-mortem uh, after someone you know, dies or expires. If you get the brain and you sort of look at it, you see something called neurofibrillary plaques and tangles uh, in the brain. Um, and these plaques and tangles that we see in the brain are sort of what we call pathognomonic, or that lets us know, hey, this, this person had Alzheimer's disease. And you can't determine that um, without looking at the brain. And so that's a specific type of, of dementia. But then there's other dementias. You can have dementia or this memory loss. And I mentioned this loss of your reasoning or some other uh, cognitive skill. Uh, that can occur with people that have had multiple strokes and it can occur in people that have this uh, sort of white matter disease that I talked about, that's vascular dementia. Then you can have other forms of dementia. Uh, there's one that's called Lewy body disease where you have memory loss in, the dis in addition to personality changes. People sometimes will, will become very violent and have violent outbursts and those kinds of things. And then you can have uh, dementia that occurs with traumatic brain injury. And then you can have mixed dementia where people have Alzheimer's pathology in addition to having vascular dementia. And that's actually the most common form. And so that's why um, when you think a lot of the dementias, these different dementias that I talked about, forms of dementia, a lot of them uh, there's some genetic components and other things that go along with it. But in terms of things that we can modify, our vascular risk factors and high blood pressure is a, is a major one that goes along with that. And so there is a difference between normal aging and abnormal aging. And so uh, that's, that's the hard part for people to recognize. And so unfortunately, uh, Blacks and other people of color sometimes will 
uh, think that a normal part of aging is you get older and you just sort of forget certain things. And so some people haven't seen um, normal aging. There are people who are in their 90s who actually do pretty good and don't forget their car keys and, you know, leave the stove on and their judgment is off and all of that. And so if you see someone in their 50s or 60s who are having those kinds of symptoms and that looks, that's more than normal aging. And so it's important to go to a neurologist and to get treated for that. So when you say treated, um, is there treatment for dementia? That's a great question. Um, There are treatments that can sort of delay the progression in terms of how people progress ultimately to the loss of of the brain function um, that goes along with it. There are newer medications that are coming out that um, have uh, been able to show that they can get rid of some of those changes in the brain that I mentioned, the plaques and the tangled with Alzheimer's disease. Um, But there aren't good treatments to sort of, um, there's no cure. And there aren't good treatments out there to try to stop the progression of the disease. That's why uh, it's so important to address this issue of uncontrolled hypertension. If you can um, not develop vascular dementia, or we know that the most common form is vascular dementia and Alzheimer's. So if we can get rid of that whole vascular component by getting people to um, to have what we call good brain health, where you're taking care of your brain, eating the right foods, you're getting your blood pressure under control, your blood sugar, your weight, uh, and all of those things are under control, then that's sort of a better way to deal with this than to wait till the disease is developed and then try to treat it and cure it because we're not there yet in terms of having cures for uh, or optimal treatment for Alzheimer's or dementia. Dr. Benson, I know this is an offshoot question, but for 365ers that are listening, are there any myths to your knowledge, myths about strokes, hypertension, or dementia that you just want to clarify? Um, Miss, that's a great question. Um, I think one of the common things that that I mentioned, I think is important that people sort of think that you're going to automatically develop memory loss uh, or uh, as you get older. Uh, and, and that's not true, that, uh, that if you develop a healthy lifestyle, and I really love at the beginning how you both talked about, you know, what's going on in your life, and you, you think about those types of things, and, and Britt, you talked about your, your, your travel that you just taken place, that uh, if, if people, um, if they practice uh, good brain health and good physical health, then you don't have to, um, or you dramatically decrease your chance of developing some of these negative health outcomes, and they don't happen automatically. Like how you said brain health too, you know, I I, I practice several different meditation techniques, and I've, you know, I've looked at research in neuroscience and how meditation does so much great work for the brain. And even reading can do, someone that reads consistently and does like puzzles and games can upkeep neural health. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I know, I'm glad you mentioned that. I think that's excellent. So exercising your, your mind is very important. Physically exercising your body is important, but also exercising your mind. And part of that is through reading, you know, puzzles, um, you know, keeping yourself active, uh, interacting with people 
those types of things are very important in terms of keeping your mind active uh, and the physical health. So I think coming back to your initial question, I think that a major myth is that um, that there's nothing that you can do to sort of uh, stop ultimately developing dementia as you get older. Um, you can develop and have a healthy lifestyle. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Is it a hereditary thing? Like if my grandmother has it, is it something my mother's going to get? Is it something that I'm going to get? Or because um, I just, you know, just kind of thinking about it, like my great grandmother had dementia on my grandfather's side and now my mother's mother is experiencing it. So, you know, having this conversation, I don't know, I'm a, I, I'm being completely honest here. I'm a little scary that, you know, this may be something that runs in my family and it may happen to me. That's a that's an excellent question, Jackie. Um, there are certain types of dementia that are uh, genetic and they have certain genetic um, manifestations associated with them. And there are certain types of genetic testing and uh, brain imaging testing with PET scans, for instance, that people can do to determine people's um, potential risk of developing uh, dementia later in life. Um, now, the caveat that I, I would put on that is that um, on the one hand, it's, it's good to know if, if you have sort of this genetic predisposition to developing um, dementia, but the, the operative term that I mentioned is a predisposition. So that does not mean that you'll definitely develop it means that you potentially have this uh, predisposition to developing it. Now, for some people, having that information may create more anxiety and a lot of other things for something that you don't have any control over. And uh, that's a smaller group of people that have this sort of genetic predisposition to developing dementia. And I think it's a personal decision um, in terms of uh, wanting to know if you go and get tested or not. Now, if you have multiple first degree relatives that have developed uh, dementia and you're not sure if it's Alzheimer's or vascular or one of the other types of dementia, that may be something to, to look into. But then I think along with that, that um, genetic counseling and all of that to, should take place just so that you understand um, the downstream consequences of whatever the results are. Um, but I think sort of the bigger picture is, is um, that I'm trying to paint the bigger positive picture is, is as understanding good brain health, good physical health, um, good mental health, and um, May is also Mental Health Awareness Month. So uh, in addition to hypertension awareness and stroke awareness month, it's important to do those things that you can, those things that you have control over and making sure that you have a healthy lifestyle moving forward. Um, as opposed to focusing on those other things. But it is something to consider, particularly uh, as a medical provider, if I see a pattern of people, first degree relatives in the same family developing what looks like Alzheimer's disease, then that is something definitely I would think about. But I would also do that um, in the setting of having that counseling to go along with it. 
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Well, discussing patterns, well, more so disparities, I'm interested in having a conversation of why, why we see this more with Black men. Why are those statistics so different? Um, maybe we could talk about that from a global level of racial, of race, um, by that I mean institutional racism, historical things. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Wow, that's another great question. Um, there have been a lot of research studies looking at why African-Americans, and it is true, African-Americans have the highest rate of hypertension of any group. Uh, in the world. Um, and there were some studies that suggested that uh, people from Africa that migrate to, um, now I, when I say African-Americans, I'm talking about people in the United States that uh, have come up through, you know, the history of, of this country versus people who migrate here, that people who migrate, uh, Blacks who migrate to um, the United States over generations will develop that same risk of hypertension as people who grew up here. And so uh, there's something in terms of why that rate is so high. And uh, the other thing is that hypertension in, in Blacks is often associated with salt sensitivity. One of the theories is that, um, and this is one that I uh, has not been uh, proven, but something that I've read that people have uh, talked about in um, various reports is that that there could have been a um, selection process that took place uh, during the during the um, transatlantic uh, process of people being brought from Africa to the Western countries, where uh, people who were on the boats that actually survived that trade were the ones that were able to retain sodium in their body and not become dehydrated, and so those that didn't make it. Um, for various reasons. One of the reasons is becoming dehydrated. Obviously you can't drink seawater because of the high salt concentration. And so in order to um, just survive that and not get dehydrated, you have to be able to retain the sodium because water follows sodium in your body. And so you have a group of people that's, that um, were selected that were very sensitive to sodium. They could retain sodium. And so consequently you have, um, you know, Blacks here in this country who are very sensitive to sodium. The other theory was that the, the people that were brought from Africa to the Western countries came from areas where they had to retain a lot of sodium because it wasn't as plentiful in their diet or in the ground in the area where they lived. But in any case, it comes back to this, this issue of, of people being able to um, handle or, or keeping more sodium in, in, in their body. So that's one sort of historical reason for that. Um, now, the other piece to that, I think, and, th and that's one um, 
that's there that people are looking at. The other piece is that when you look at the, the diet and the types of thing that things that culturally, specifically the African-American community that they have in their diets, it, it, it's not associated with um, a healthy diet. When you think of a lot of the salty foods, the fried foods, uh, and all of that, that um, leads to higher sodium in the diet. So if you're already sensitive to sodium and now you're adding sodium to the diet, then that's something that puts people at risk. As well as there's a connection between uh, obesity, being overweight and obese, that uh, the higher your weight, um, then that's also going to increase your blood pressure. It's going to increase your blood sugar, your cholesterol. All of those things are going to be higher as well. So I think um, that great question, I think the issue that there is a historical perspective in terms of what happened in order to create this um, population of African-Americans that are uh, sensitive to sodium. But in addition to that, the cultural things, people using the foods that were available to them, the leftovers, and seasoning them in a way that it had high sodium or fried and all those other things that sort of raises your blood pressure. And then take that to the more sedentary lifestyle where people are now gaining weight and doing, historically people were working and doing things, but now eating that way and, and um, gaining the weight that sort of puts you at risk for this. Now, uh, African-Americans um, have the same rate of knowledge of uncontrolled blood pressure as other groups. The issue is that um, there's um, a mistrust in terms of in African-Americans in terms of taking certain medications, uh, specifically with African-American men. Um, some of the medications may um, have the effect of impacting uh, potency and uh, libido and those kinds of things. And so African-American men and men in general, but specifically African-American men because they have the highest rate of uncontrolled blood pressure may not take the medication that's prescribed, may not go to the doctor. Unfortunately, I see this a lot. People will say that, uh, oh, yeah, I'm taking my medication, doctor, and, and you go and your blood pressure is high, and then they end up adding on medication or, or just not coming back and um, not getting their blood pressure under control. And so uh, I think those things also pay in, play into this as well. So um, those are some I can talk about that all day, but these are things that I think we have to sort of look at and um, think about. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, you kind of touched on this a little bit, um, and I just wanted to know if there are more things that we can do. Typically, when you hear hypertension, high blood pressure, people are like, oh, well, I'm just going to stop eating salt. like, And that's going to that's gonna make everything better. Um, what are some other things that we as Black people can do to uh, minimize our risk of um, developing or getting high blood pressure, hypertension outside of the normal Chad, you better not have no salt today because it's going to raise your blood pressure. And a follow up question to that for someone who is maybe 46 years old who has issues, is it too late for them to to change their life, to get stuff to get to get it together? No, that's a great. I'll start with the second question first. I'll say it's never too late. Um, I think um, we can always it's never too late to make a change, a positive change in your life and your lifestyle. And I think that that's very important and you will get. Uh, benefits. If now, in terms of decreasing your risk of uh, um, long-term uh, complications uh, between um, 28 and 45, that sort of midlife period, 
Um, I think that's one thing, but it, let's say that you didn't do that and you have a stroke or you recognize it at 50 that you have um, high blood pressure, you can still change your lifestyle moving on beyond that point. And so um, I think that that's important. And so some of the things that you can do, I, I often hear people who say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to lose weight and then they're going to take garlic tablets or go and do all these other things. <laughs> these and I don't have an issue with alternative things. I think that there's a place for that. But what happens is people don't, they don't change their, their diet significantly and they don't lose weight. <laughs> and then they continue and then they don't take their medications and then they end up having a stroke later on. So I, I think the first thing is a healthy lifestyle. I mean, we should get between five to seven servings of fruits and vegetables per day. That's every day, five to seven. And if you think about that, uh, that's actually quite a bit if you think of sort of putting that in your diet. Having um, a diet that's more of what we call the um, Mediterranean type diet, where you have more fruits and vegetables and lentils and beans, as opposed to having everything surrounding meat. Um, we talk about there's something called the DASH diet, which is a diet that, that tends to be lower in sodium as well. And it has more sort of potassium, calcium, and magnesium in it, those things, those minerals as well that you can get from vegetables. I think that's very important as well. Getting more uh, whole wheat, more um, uh, not, you know, white bread, white sugar, all those other kinds of things, sort of changing your diet from that standpoint. And then exercising, we should get between um, 20 to 30 minutes a day, uh, at least at a minimum of three times a week. So that's just a minim minimum of 20 to 30 minutes a day of exercise, three, three days a week. And so um, I think that it's important to, um, to exercise and you can break those 20 and 30 minutes up into, um, into 10 minute increments. So if you only have time to walk up and down the stairs you know, for 10 minutes in the middle of the day and you do something else another 10 minutes and you get your 30 minutes in and you've done it. And I think that that's um, very important to um, to look at. Uh, and I think the other thing, uh, so, the, so Jackie, I think those are things that we can do. Your diet, get your weight down, exercise. Obviously, smoking is not good. Those are things not to, to do. And the other thing is to self-monitor your, your blood pressure. I think it's important. Uh, we know that people that monitor their blood pressure at home, and what I tell people to do is just go and buy yourself a um, a blood pressure cuff, an automated blood pressure cuff that you put on your arm, like an um, well, just some type of a blood pressure cuff, and and measure your um, your blood pressure. Write that down, um, and then you can take that to your medical doctor. It's important to advocate for yourself. To, to write it down, we do have um, information on the Mind Your Risk website that you can go to, and um, you can write down that information, and you can um, either save it electronically or print it out and take it to your medical doctor and say, see, my blood pressure readings are good or that they're not good. And so it's important to go and to, um, to look at those things, to advocate for yourself, to check your blood pressure at home, to show it to your medical doctor. And that actually is important in terms of uh, getting your blood pressure under control. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, 
and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Um, Dr. Benson, when I go to the doctor, what do I need to say? Um, what conversations do I need to be having? Because that's something that we don't do enough of. We just kind of, oh, this is what the doctor said. I'm just going to kind of go with this. Um, but I think there needs to be more questions. We need to be educated with the questions that we need to ask so that when we get in front of a doctor, we can ask and actually feel comfortable with asking these questions. Now, another great point, and, and we know that a lot of health disparities, that there are medical related factors in terms of people being able to relate to their medical provider um, that lead to health disparities and having those kinds of questions and asking those questions is part of it. So I, I think a, a way to start is to, to print out some of those, um, some of the information that we have on, on our um, Mind Your Risk website. Uh, there are also things, uh, we have links to the American Heart Association, Heart, American Heart Association and Stroke Association as well. Uh, taking that information to your medical providers and just saying, what, what's my risk of knowing your family history? I have a family history of stroke or, or heart attack or high blood pressure or dementia. What's my risk for that? And what can I do to modify that? Um, not just going to the doctor when you have a problem, but going for um, true prevention, just to say, what can I do to have better health? And then after that, if you find that you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or if you need to lose some weight, um, then to just keep track of that. And when you go to your doctor, say, how am I doing? What's my risk of this? Um, how are my numbers um, on, from the blood work? Uh, do I have that under control? And so I think uh, those are the things we can do. But having an advocate, the other thing is that um, if there is a serious medical issue that you have to go into the hospital or to your medical doctor, bring someone else with you, particularly if you're considering um, that someone has dementia or memory loss or cognitive impairment. Uh, it's important to have another voice or someone else who can help you to advocate for yourself as well. I think that's a great, what's your 365, 365ers? Um, what is my risk? Be an investigator. When it comes to your health, investigate. Do your research, ask the right questions, um, and follow up. And I want to add just like two cents to the what's your 365 today is I want to challenge you to get up and get active two to three times out of the week this week. 20 to 30 minutes. Dr. Benson broke it down. Okay. Don't make it hard. Walk up the steps for 10 minutes. Take a break. You know, live life. Come back to those steps. Another 10 minutes. Boom. You didn't hit your 20 minutes for the day. Um, you know, get up and get active because being active and, and both Britt and I can say this and, and Dr. Benson has said this as well. Um, yeah, it, it's always great for the waistline. That's the first thing we like to think about, but it just has so many more benefits that I don't that I don't think we think of that we need to start thinking of. So get up and get active. OK, and I'm add to 30 that, minutes. I'm going to add to that, too, Jackie. Let me go ahead and just rebuttal that physically, but keep your mind mentally active. Um, I encourage you to develop a mental health practice, whether that's meditation. You don't have to be sitting there for 30 minutes. Um, if even if it's 10 breaths of silence, whether that's finding some Sudoku to do, keep your mind as active as possible, as well as your body.
365 is y'all got a lot to do. I agree with that. I think the mindfulness is very important. Uh, as you mentioned at the start, Britt, in terms of meditation and prayer and, and those kinds of things, that helps you to release some of the stress that uh, people deal with, which which leads to some of these negative out- outcomes as well. Yeah. Dr. Benson, thank you so much for sitting down with us um, and talking to the 365ers. Um, if there is anybody that wants to reach out to you, do you have contact information um, or social media that you can share with us? Um, yes. Again, uh, if you want more information about the Mind Your Risk campaign, then you can go to uh, www.mindyourrisk.nih.gov, and that's www. M-I-N-D-Y-O-U-R-R-I-S-K-S dot N-I-H dot gov. Um, and uh, you can contact me at the uh, NIH at www.nindsnih.gov uh, or um, richard.benson at nih.gov. And um, I'm happy to, uh, to speak with you. This has been exciting. I really enjoyed this conversation this nice, relaxing space. And I said it in the beginning, I said you was gonna drop some gems and some jewels and you did just that, okay? Um, Thank you so very much, 365ers. If there's something that you want us to address or talk about, uh, hit us up on Instagram, blackhealth365. Again, that's blackhealth365. You can find me on Instagram at lovejackiepage. And you can find me on Instagram at profitfitness.life. As always, 365ers, it is, your choice and your responsibility to be a champion of your health. Peace, namaste, and love. Adios. Black Health 365 is an urban one and reach media production hosted by Jackie Page and Britt Daniels. Created by Samuel Tatum and Laura Lopez. Executive produced by Brittany Jackson and Kadisha Campbell. Editing and production, Jahi Whitehead. Sales and corporate sponsorship, Patty Johnson. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.